All right, Michael, would you like to come up? I want to introduce you to uh, Michael Lombardo, and uh, Michael's going to be sharing with us today. Uh, imagine you may introduce yourself a little bit, but um, Michael's been part of the, uh, the Global Awakening family for a number of years. Um, Global Awakening is Randy Clark's organization. Um, he was Randy's personal assistant, mm. I believe, for a number of years. Mm. Is that correct? No? Mm -mm. No. <laughs> Who I get you mixed up with? Maybe. <laughs> but I have been a part of Global Awakening for... All right. Yeah, yeah, yes, that's well, right. Maybe I read that somewhere and yeah. with somebody else. Anyway, uh -huh. maybe I should just let Michael introduce himself <laughs> and stop, uh, stop that, giving you false information. That would so, be nice, though, to work with Randy Clark like that. Yeah. That would be, yeah. yeah <laughs> so let me, uh, let me pray for you right here. Yeah, please. And uh, we'll let you, uh, let you get started. So, Father, I just, uh, I just thank you for Michael and for his family. I just pray your uh, blessings upon him as he shares with us today. Father, uh, give him the words that you would have him to share, whether that is something that he's, uh, you've already given him or something that just comes to mind as he shares. Father, let the words that you, you would like us to hear today uh, come forth from his mouth. So we just give you thanks and praise and ask all this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be here with you guys. Good morning. How's everybody doing? I'm doing good too. Thank you, Pastor, for inviting me to come and minister. Um, one thing I noticed when I walked into this church, there's so much joy and freedom in here. So much life. You guys are just so, just really easy to talk to and so full of joy. And I just love that. You know, I just, you know, it's just awesome. So you guys are a beautiful church family. And I want to introduce one of the most special people uh, to me. Selena, will you stand up? This is my beautiful wife, Selena. God sent me all the way to Mozambique to find her. So I met her in Mozambique. I grew up in New Jersey, but uh, she's from Texas, and I met her in Mozambique. And our little girl was just running around here a little while ago trying to climb the stage and cause all kinds of trouble. But uh, she's in the back right now with the kids. But my wife got pregnant with um, Selah in Cambodia. We work with um, Heidi Baker's ministry, Iris Global. Has anyone ever heard of Heidi Baker? She's a wonderful woman of God. Um, if you want something that's an incredible read, Heidi Baker's book, Impelled by Love, is life-changing. If you like to read, it's a small book, and it will just totally just revolutionize the way you think and live. I'm telling you, it's incredible. Anyway, before I get into the word, I've got a book also. It's all about experiencing intimacy with God. How many people want to know God intimately? And not only experience his presence here and there, but 24-7. We have that kind of access to the presence of God because of the cross and because of what he did for us. So I'm going to be in the back after the service at the book table. I'd love to just meet you guys, shake your hand, talk to you. So I'll be there, you know, after we pray at the end. So one thing before I get into the message I believe the Lord gave me this morning, I want to say something to the pastor um, besides just thanking you for letting me come. During worship, I wasn't seeking a word from God or anything, but he just dropped in my spirit something for you. I believe the Lord told me that you're a king and you're a priest. You're a priest that you, um, you minister to him in worship, but you also carry such an authority, um, such royalty, and you, you, you establish his kingdom. You release his kingdom like a king does. But I also heard the Lord say that you are pleasing to him. You're my beloved son in whom he is well pleased. And I heard him say, um, 
well done, good and faithful servant. And I believe that there's blessing coming your way for serving him. And it says, those who follow the lamb, the Lord honors. And I believe that he has blessed you and he's going to continue to bless you in this next season. And I believe he said, be at rest and be at ease because you're going to see him do amazing things. More than, more than he's ever seen before. So I just want to, uh, can we all just stretch out our hands to your beautiful pastor and just bless him and his wife? I just thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus, that he is your good and faithful servant. He is your beloved son in whom you are well pleased. That's what you think about him. That's what you said about him, God. He is a king and he is a priest. And I thank you that he could always be at ease. He could always be at peace and at rest in your presence because you're going to take care of all of his needs, God. You're going to abundantly provide. There's, there's blessings around the corner, God. We just say yes. We say amen. And we just thank you, God, for everything that you're going to do in his life, his family, this ministry, and, and just the, the more that is to come in Jesus' name. I just thank you for that, Father. The Celebrate Recovery, all the plans, the strategies that you have for this church. I just thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So the Lord's really been speaking to me lately about first love. And I believe that he's calling his church to first love passion. And I believe that he is imparting such a hunger in his bride, firstly, for his presence, Maybe I should put this a little bit closer. Is that good? Can you guys hear me? Is everything good? First of all, a hunger for his presence. And secondly, a hunger to be used by him in some way, shape, or form to impact this world with his glory and with the gospel. So I believe he's awakening his church. Awake, awake, O oh sleeper, rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. I believe he's awakening us to first love and he's putting so much hunger in our hearts for more of him and to be used in extraordinary ways for his glory. So I want to talk to you a little bit today about spiritual hunger. Because hunger is essential in the kingdom of God. It is indispensable. Jesus said, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they shall be filled. Everything starts with hunger. You know, um, we get stagnant in our spiritual lives if we don't hunger for more. More, you know, like when, you, when, you, when there's lack or, or you know, in some area, there's, he, it starts with hunger. You realize there's more and I want it. You read the scriptures and you realize this is available. This is what the kingdom of God is all about. I want this. And there's a hunger that is imparted to your heart. And it causes you to just say yes to God, to cry out to God for more. So I want to read to you a few scriptures. But before I get into these scriptures... Um, there's this teaching that is going around the body of Christ. Maybe some of you guys have heard it, maybe not, but it's a trending teaching that there's no more hunger in the new covenant. Because it says in John 4, you know, Jesus told, to the, he told the woman at the well, he told the Samaritan woman, he said, you know, when you drink of me, I will quench your thirst, you will thirst no more. So people take that scripture and they say, you know, there's no more seeking God, there's no more thirsting for God because we're completely satisfied. I understand the heart because there's been, you know, people saying, oh, I'm hungry, I'm hungry, and they're never being satisfied. There's been a sense of lack or this orphan mentality that people are always trying to earn or strive for something that's already theirs, and we need to combat that. But at the same time, Jesus was not telling the Samaritan woman that you have one taste of me and you'll never thirst for me again. That's not what he was saying. He was saying, you know, you have all these different, you've had all these different husbands, you've been living a sinful life. But the moment you taste of me, you will never thirst for the world again. 
You'll never thirst for those sinful things that, you, that you've been craving, that you've been longing for, that you've been living your life for once you taste of me. And it's going to be living water on the inside of you, a well on the inside of you that, that you'll forever be able to drink from. So we have this well on the inside that we get to draw from. We're hungry for more. So we, we draw from this well that's on the inside of us and we drink and we are satisfied. It's a beautiful thing. I know you guys love the word of God in here, right? This is a family that loves the word of God. So I'm going to read to you a few scriptures here. Luke 6, 21. I'm going to read to you a few pretty quickly so you don't have to open up to it. But you could look at it later if you'd like. It's Luke 6, 21. And this is from the Passion Translation, a beautiful translation. Jesus said, how filled you become when you are consumed with hunger and desire, for you will be completely satisfied. That's good. 1 Peter 2.2 says this, like newborn babies long or hunger for the pure milk of the word, so that by it you may grow in respect to salvation. So we long for the milk of the word, and it's, it's when we drink um, the word and we understand the word that we grow in our salvation. That is so important. And then in Psalm 63.1, it says this, O oh God, you are my God. I will seek you earnestly. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh yearns for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. The scriptures are amazing. This is the last scripture I'm going to read to you. John 7.37, Jesus stood and he cried out saying, If anyone is thirsty, if anyone is hungry, come to me, drink, come to me and eat. It's an amazing thing that happens. When you taste and you see that he is good, it just puts an even greater hunger on the inside of you for more. I know in my life, I was a drug addict. You know, I wanted nothing to do with God. You know, I grew up in a Christian home. My mom was a firm believer, spirit-filled, loved the word of God. Um, my dad was more of a Sunday morning Christian. He went to church, so, you know, God would bless his company. <laughs> you know, and God would bless his business and all that stuff, but didn't have a personal relationship with God. It wasn't until I was 14 years old that, you know, my mom was praying for my dad, praying, praying, praying. And at 14 years old, for me, you know, my father, his company was going down the drain. He was really having a hard time financially. So my mom seized the opportunity and told him, you know, you could pray this prayer. She wrote out a prayer for him. And he was in his truck one morning, and he just prayed the prayer with an open heart, with a sincere heart. And he was completely changed in a moment. Completely changed. He was a different man. I didn't, I didn't know who my father was anymore. Like, who are you, and what did you do with my dad? And as a 14-year-old, I didn't get it. I thought to myself, okay, there's Christians, and then there's you guys. You know, you guys just take it to a whole other level. You're at church like three days a week. You're always praying. And it's not just these token prayers. Like, you guys are passionate. You guys are all about it. You know, my dad, he would stop people everywhere we went. He would tell them about Jesus, you know. We, I remember one time specifically, we were going to the movies. We were already late. And we were at a gas station. And my dad was telling the person who was pumping gas, because in New Jersey, people pump gas for us. It's interesting. But we were at the gas station, and he was telling that person all about Jesus. And I was like, Dad, we're already late. What are you doing? But he didn't care. He was just sharing the love of God because it was the love of God on the inside of him compelling him to. And I remember at a young age, I had this thing. I just said to myself, you know what? Christianity, this God thing, I don't want that. I want the opposite. So I went just full force into an ungodly lifestyle. Drugs, alcohol, women, all of that stuff. And it was fun for a season. Sin may be fun for a season, but in the end, it's death. It steals from you. I tried everything to make myself happy. You know, at 18, 19 years old, the parties got crazier, the lifestyle got more reckless, and I just wasn't happy like I used to be. So I tried everything to make myself happy. I tried more of this, more of that. 
Every time I got what I wanted, I was just empty. I was void. I wasn't satisfied. There was just this ache on the inside of me that wasn't being fulfilled. So I got alone with God at around 20 years old, suffering with depression, really struggling, in trouble with the law, all kinds of debt, and I just didn't know where to turn. So I opened up a Bible in my room, a Bible my sister gave me in hopes that one day I would read it, and I opened it up, and I just got real with God. I said, God, if you're real, I need to know right now. Change me. Encounter me. Whatever. I just, I just need you. I'll give you my life. Just come. And for the first time, I felt his beautiful, powerful presence. I thought I was alone in the room, but I was not alone in the room. And I heard him speak to me for the first time. And it wasn't a booming voice. It wasn't any of that. It was the voice of the Holy Spirit on the inside of me, still subtle, but I knew it was him. And he said, son, I have plans for your life. And in that moment, everything changed for me. Everything changed. I left my room a new creation, a heart that was in love with God, a heart that wanted to share him everywhere I went, just like my father. You know, I wanted to read my Bible, devour the scriptures. I was just, every moment I just wanted to be with him. I was just so hungry. But one taste of God makes you so much hungry. It makes you just so hungry for more of him. You can't hunger for God if you've never had a taste. You can't. You know, I, I really like Chick-fil-A. I don't know about any of you guys. I really enjoy Chick-fil-A. And the reason why I like it is because I've tasted it. You know, I've seen that it is good. So now when I get hungry, I say, mm, man, I pass a Chick-fil-A. I'm like, I got to stop in. I got to go inside of there and get myself some waffle fries and some chicken tenders or something. That's it. That's it. That guy knows what I'm talking about right there. But I taste it and I've seen that God is good. And as ministers of the gospel, and you're all ministers of the gospel, not just me, not just your pastor, you know, with the pulpit, but all of you are ministers of the new covenant everywhere that you go. We are called to just stay in his presence, stay um, just locked in with God, full of his word, so that we can give people the drink of God. We could be the salt. We could be the light. We could show them what life is like with Christ so they could hunger for something that they have no grid for. They have no experience with. So we are ministers of his spirit. We are ministers of the word of God. And when people see your joy, and when people see your peace or your humility or the, or, or the graciousness of your life, they say, man, tell me what you got. Tell me, please, I need to have this. So the only way we could hunger for more is if we experience him more. If we experience him more. So I got saved and God called me. You know, my times of intimacy, I'd be you know, in, in, in bed and I'd just be praying and seeking God. He began to give me pieces of destiny. He began to impart passion into my heart and show me different pictures. You know, I'd see myself preaching the gospel and I'd see myself traveling and doing all this stuff. And he called me to Bible school and... When I was there, God was still speaking to me. And every time he spoke and every time he showed me a picture about my life or about my destiny in him, I just got more hungry. You know, and I just began to live just wholeheartedly in the direction of my calling. And then I went on my first missions trip. And I went to Thailand, I went to Laos, and I went to Malaysia. And we were preaching next to Buddhist altars in, in, in schools in Thailand. And all these young people were coming up and receiving Christ and crying in the presence of God. And we'd plug them into churches. We had churches with us to get them plugged in. And in Laos, we went to a communist country. And we were smuggling Bibles into this country. Right? You know, in my past life, I always thought, man, it'd be cool to smuggle drugs. And now I'm smuggling Bibles <laughs> for the gospel. I'm like, man, life with Jesus is cool. I didn't, I didn't expect it to be this awesome. So we got backpacks full of tracks and Bibles, and we're bringing it over the border. 
and you know, and we're in, we went to this underground church in Laos, and there's this pastor and his wife, and they've been in prison several times for just taking in young people who were ostracized and thrown on the streets, and we're there, you know, Western Christians, no threat of persecution, and we're there ministering to these young people who got kicked out of their neighborhood, denied education because they would not, you know, uh, renounce the name of Jesus Christ, and I'm like, you guys need to pray for us. Pray for the church in the West, and they're just weeping in the presence of God and experiencing all these amazing things. You know, in Malaysia, we were baptizing converts from Islam, and they were just worshiping the one true God. They were just worshiping Jesus. You know, this little pastor in the middle of nowhere was just reaching Muslims, you know, and, you know, in impoverished areas in Malaysia, and their worship was so sweet, you know, the guitars like, had like three strings. <laughs> and like the little girls were singing out of tune on the worship team. Like if you would have walked in and no fog machines, no electric guitars, none of that stuff. But the glory of God was there. His presence was there. And they were weeping. And they were his children, his, his beautiful bride. And when you see God use you to, to, to lead someone to him, or if God uses you to pray for them and they're healed or touched or encouraged. Or when you go and you see you know, people who are impoverished and, and broken receiving Christ and just falling in love with him. It puts a hunger on the inside of you. You can't go back to uh, you know, the things that you were doing before. It completely revolutionizes your life. And I had a vision a while back of an ocean. It's actually a longer story, but I'll give you the short version. A friend of mine... Um, and I, we were praying in Bible school, and God said to me, your friend has a word for you. And I thought, hmm, well, I wonder if he does have a word for me. And then he looked over to me like a minute or two later, and he said, I got a word for you. And I'm like, ah, I was hearing from the Lord. But he goes, I got a word for you. And I was like, okay. And I see a picture of an ocean. And it was the same picture I was seeing in worship and prayer. But I just wasn't getting an interpretation of it. I didn't know what the Lord was trying to say to me. But he said, I see a picture of an ocean, and I see you just ankle deep in the ocean. And I was thinking, man, I'm radical after God. I love God's presence. I'm going to Bible school. I'm doing missions. What do you mean I'm only ankle deep? But I kind of was just, I had the, like, you know, I was a little offended. I was like, you know, okay, all right. So I just kept listening to him. And he said, I see you ankle deep, but there's so much more. God just wants you saturated. He wants you to dive in. He wants you to immerse yourself in the ocean of, of revelation, of fullness, of everything that he has for you in this life. And you know, we really have a choice. How much God do we want? How much do we want to be used by him? You know, the Bible says that we've been given fullness. John 1.16 says we've received his fullness in grace upon grace. So we don't lack anything. We've received fullness from him. And in John 3.34, it says he gives his spirit without measure. So he's not just, you know, one-third, take that. He, he, he has no measures with how much he gives you. He gave you the fullness of himself. You know, so we have fullness in Christ, just like that ocean that is before us. But we have a choice. The ocean's ours. We could swim. But how deep do we want to go? Now, sometimes the ocean could be cold. You're like, ah, I don't know about that. You know, especially in New Jersey, the Atlantic Ocean, we're just like, I don't know if I want to swim all the time. It's cold. And the ocean is the most beautiful, like, aspect of God's creation. It's just, it's just gorgeous, but it's also scary a little bit. Like, you don't know what's in that water. You know, there could be a shark out there. I don't want to go that deep. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know what's inside that water. And it's the same thing with God. He asks you to do things that may seem a little bit scary. Let go of things that maybe you never wanted to let go of. We, you know, the things of life that we cling to. But if we would just let go 
Go deeper. Swim. Say yes. And realize how glorious it is that you wouldn't want to live life any other way. You know, also something amazing about the ocean is the deeper you go, the harder it is to get out of the ocean. <laughs> you guys ever noticed that before? Because the currents, the currents, it's always kind of pulling you in all these different directions. You wind up like all the way to the left of the beach or you're trying to swim back and you need more effort, you know, to get back and you have to strain yourself to get back to the shore. You know, the more you taste of his goodness, the more you taste of his presence, the more you taste of his grace and his love, man, it's going to be really hard to go back to that old stuff. It's going to really be hard to go back to that flesh or those habits or those, those, those things that you, you once, you know, cling to so easily. God wants us to go deep. He wants us to go so deep. And there is always more. There is always more. It doesn't matter how deep you think you are, there is always more. He is always beckoning us closer, deeper, wider into him. You know, everyone who has made an impact in this world for the gospel has had this quality about them. They were so hungry for God and so hungry to be used by him. So hungry. Heidi Baker, a spiritual mom of me and Selena. Not because we know her real well, because we sat under their ministry for years. And yes, we know her a little bit. But her story is incredible. This woman, she like sold everything and just moved to Mozambique because God told her. She had like no money. But she had like, what, like $15 or something like that. And they just went to Mozambique completely in faith. You know, it's just remarkable. And then she went to, um, you know, Randy Clark and the Toronto Blessing and the outpouring was taking place in Canada. And people were just being impacted, encountering God, transformed. And she went there, a burnt out, tired missionary. And Randy Clark prophesied over her that she was going to heal the sick, raise the dead, and blind eyes opening, and deaf ears opening. And she was just laid out in the power of God. And the Lord is just ministering to her and filling her and empowering her. And then she went to Mozambique like, man, I'm going to see the blind eyes and the deaf ears, and I'm going to do it, and I'm going to preach the gospel. And she gets there, and she starts, every blind person she sees, she starts praying for them. And, you know, here you don't see a lot of blind people. In Mozambique, you do, because of the medicine and everything like that. You know, a lot of people are blind. So she would pray for blind people, and none of their eyes would open. But she said most of them would get saved. So she was encouraged by that. She was excited about that. People were getting saved, but she wasn't seeing the fulfillment or the manifestation of the prophetic word. But there was a hunger on the inside of her. God said it, so I'm just going to keep doing it. You know, when faith and hunger come together, that is a dynamic force. When you say, I'm hungry to see it, and I believe God is going to do it. He spoke it to me prophetically, but he also he spoke it to me in the word. So this is true. This is my inheritance. I want it, and I'm not going to be denied. You know, there's this, God spoke this to me a little while ago, and I, I say it often when I minister. I'm hungry to experience everything that Jesus died for me to possess and experience. I don't know about you guys. And I don't want to tolerate anything in my life that Jesus Christ died for me to be free from. I want everything. I don't want to settle for less. I want to seize everything that he suffered, was crucified, buried, and rose again for me to have as a believer. I want it all on this side of eternity. And Heidi Baker, she just kept praying. And then one day, you know, she would go to these little churches in Mozambique and she'd say, give me your blind. She was that bold. Give me your blind. And then after like, she said like 90 to 100 people she prayed for never saw a breakthrough. And then all of a sudden, three people in a row. Their blind eyes opened. They went from like white to gray to brown, and their eyes were opened miraculously by the power of God. The Lord's still doing miracles, not just in Mozambique, in America too. And he's stirring up his bride with such a hunger for him to say, I'm hungry to see this stuff, and I want to have the faith. I have the faith to go and do it, <laughs> to actually just step out and pray for people and share the gospel, and we'll see these things take place. 
in our lives. So I believe there's just such a hunger that God wants to stir in his bride. Let me just say one thing before I close up here. This is just something a little bit practical. You know, because especially in the Western world, there's a lot of entertainment. There's a lot of things that we can get busy with. You know, we all have busy lives. You know, I know you guys have busy lives. You work, you do ministry, you have family. There's some issues, you have kids, you have grandkids, holidays, all that stuff. We're busy, all of us. So this is something that the Lord has really spoken to me a while back, and it's just, it rings true. You hunger for what you feed yourself on. You constantly, let's say, all right, there's nothing wrong with Facebook. I'm on Facebook. There's nothing wrong with Netflix. My wife and I watch Netflix. There's nothing wrong with, you know, sports and hobbies. God wants us to enjoy sports. God wants us to enjoy hobbies. But it's the absorption, the full absorption, being consumed with something so much that we're not reading our Bibles anymore. That we're not praying like we used to pray. We're not, you know, when we're, when we're in line in Walmart or wherever we are, you know, instead of just maybe sparking a conversation with somebody or just being there, we're just scrolling on our phones or something like that. And, you know, the more you look on Facebook, the more you binge watch movies and shows on Netflix, the more you're just going to gravitate towards that. You hunger for what you feed yourself on. But the more you just say, you know what, I'm going to open up my word because I believe that the word of God is living, it's powerful, it's sharper than a double-edged sword. I believe the word is enduring and it, it will live forever. I'm just going to open up this word. I'm going to feed myself on that. It's amazing. The more you feed yourself on the word of God, the more you feed yourself in the presence of God, you, you, uh, you get in the secret pray, place with the Lord, even if it's just a couple minutes, whether it's just in the shower, while you're doing the laundry, while you're in the car going from point A to point B, like um, the man was saying earlier, he just you know, turned the music music off and just was listening to the Lord in the car. Just it takes a minute sometimes. Sometimes we have an hour. Sometimes we just have a couple minutes. But the more you feed yourself on him, the more you're going to hunger for him. The more you feed yourself, the more you'll experience him. And the more you want to be used by him. So I encourage you guys, go back to your first love. If there's anybody in here thinking, man, I've been dry lately. I've been really just burdened. I've been fatigued. I've been just absorbed and consumed with so many things, maybe innocent things. You know, maybe, you know, it's not evil in and of itself, but I've just been wrapped up in stuff that, you know, maybe I could put this down for a little while. You know, maybe I could spend a little less time on my phone. I could spend time in prayer instead. You know, maybe I could wake up 15, 20, 30 minutes earlier, you know, go to bed a little bit earlier and wake up a little bit earlier so I could have that time like I used to when I first got saved. You know, I don't know about you guys, but when I first got saved, I couldn't wait to get in my Bible. I couldn't wait. I'd wake up at like 5, 5.30 in the morning because I'd work at 7, and I'd spend at least 30 minutes, sometimes 45 minutes in prayer. And those times changed my life. God spoke to me some revolutionary truths that have set the course for the rest of my life. You know, when me and Selena first got married, I was picking up some odd jobs for a limo company, and um, I was at the airport, I was waiting for, you know, a plane to land, and I was waiting for the ride. And I was there, and I was just flipping through my phone. And the Lord said to me, thank God I was sensitive enough to hear it, but he said to me, son, you could be spending time with me instead of flipping through your phone. I said, you know what? Yeah, I guess I could be spending time with you instead of flipping through my phone. So I just said, okay, God. So I put the phone down, and I started to pray, but not really wholeheartedly, kind of just yeah, Jesus, thank you, Lord, for this or that or whatever. And then I just grabbed my phone again and started flipping through it. Just like unconsciously. I don't know if that happens to you. Just like, you know, out of habit or whatever. I just picked it up and started flipping through it again. 
And the Holy Spirit said to me, son, you get distracted so easily. And I was like, yeah, wow. All right, no, I'm going to put it down, and I'm going to really engage with God. I like blasted worship music, and I started praying, thank you, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus, King of kings, Lord of lords, praying in the spirit, just my whole heart. And then I had an encounter with him. I saw him in the spirit, and he was smiling over me like a father. And I was like a child. And he was just loving on me like a dad does, you know, his, his daughter, her son. You know, the same look that I give my little Selah, you know. And um, he started to speak to me about Cambodia. We had some friends in Cambodia from Irish Global that pioneered a few bases there. And God began to speak to me about Cambodia. At that time, my wife and I were praying about where we are going to go next and, you know, and all that stuff. So God, in that moment of just turning aside, just pulling away from the phone, and just listening to him and just engaging wholeheartedly in worship and prayer, he gave us direction for the next phase of our lives. And I went home and I was like, Selena, I know where we're going to go next. And Selena goes, me too. The Lord spoke to her too at the same exact time. So that's just, that's how God is. And I wondered to myself, how many words have I missed out on because I was just innocently consumed with frivolous things that don't matter, things that aren't eternal. You know, Jesus said, you know, um, when he was talking about the soil and the seeds, Jesus said, you know, the seeds that fell on pure soil, on good soil, they produced 30, 60, or a hundredfold. You know, we have a choice. How many want to be 30-fold? You guys are smart. <laughs> no one raised their hand. I was waiting for the one person to be like, and I was like, okay, that's what you got, 30-fold, that's you. 60-fold, or we could be a hundred-fold people. I want to be in a hundred-fold believer. I want to stand before the throne of Jesus when I see him face to face. And I want to see a slew of people behind me. I'm like, Lord, I told them. I didn't settle for a comfortable life. I didn't settle for just, you know, skating through life. Or I didn't settle for ankle deep or knee deep. I just surrendered everything for you. I lived my life completely for you, Jesus. All by your grace, all for your glory. No credit to me. It was your grace. It was your power in the first place. But God, I just... I want, I want to stand before him saying, I gave it my all. I gave it my all. And it's amazing. It's amazing. If God ever asks you to give something up, I'm going to end with this, I promise. When God asks you to give, I'm a preacher, sometimes we just have like five endings. <laughs> it happens, so that happens all the time. This is my fifth ending. But when God asks you to give something up, sometimes it hurts. You're like, God, but this relationship, or God, but... This money that I need right now because the mortgage, because the kids, because this. But he says give a thousand or give this much or give that much. Or, you know, God asked you for something and it hurts a little bit at first. But we need to trust our daddy. Because if he asks you for something, he intends on giving you something way greater. And Jesus said if you leave house and children and farms and all this stuff for my sake, you will be blessed in this life and the life to come. So we'll have a blessing in eternity that lasts forever and ever and ever. And he also promised to bless us with much here in this life. I want that. I want to live truly the blessed life. The life of wholehearted love and worship to Jesus. And a life that is committed to living the kingdom. Whatever it looks like for each and every one of your lives. It's unique. It looks different, you know. It doesn't, you know, look like going to Mozambique for everybody. But it looks like, you know, impacting Virginia. Richmond, Ashland, wherever you are, being a minister of the gospel.
sharing the love of Christ, shining the joy that so many of you guys already have. I see it on your lives. But it's not just hiding out in church, but it's reaching out to the people around you when you're out in the world. So I'm just going to pray. Can we all stand up? And, you know, I just feel like the Lord just wants to touch you right where you are. Um, I know there's some prayer ministers here, people that have been trained to, to pray. And, and you can come up here. If That would be great if you guys could come up here. Um, if you have something specifically that you'd like us to pray for, you can come up here and, and, and you know, myself and um, my wife, if, if, the, if she's okay, you know, if the baby is, you know, if that's all right. And the prayer team, we'll pray for you. We're going to pray for you. But even before that, um, let's just everybody just engage right now a little bit in worship. Let's, if we could just lift our hands as just a sign of just surrender, as a sign of, I just want more Jesus. I thank you for everybody in this place, Lord God. I thank you for your Holy Spirit. I pray that you would just come and you would just baptize every single heart with your fire. You would baptize every single heart with your love. I thank you, God, for just pouring out so mightily right now that you would touch them exactly where they need it. Exactly where they need it, God. I just see addictions falling off of you right now in the name of Jesus. If that's you, just receive it. Just receive it. Say, that's me. I receive it in Jesus' name. Whether small, whether large. Whether it's smoking, whether it's, um, it doesn't matter what it is. In Jesus' name. I just thank you. He's breaking off addictions right now. You can just play a little bit. He's breaking off addictions right now. I thank you, Father. There's been hearts that, that have been dry, maybe cold, maybe, maybe hard to the things of God, maybe hard, um, in, unfeeling towards his love. And in Jesus' name, I just pray that you would just feel the Holy Spirit's love right now, that times of refreshing would come in this room. Oh, I just feel his presence. He wants to refresh you. He wants to refresh you with his presence right now. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would just soften hearts. Flow and just soften every single heart in this place to be tender towards you again, to hear your voice again. If you've had a hard time hearing God, just, just as, a, as, a, as an act, a prophetic faith act, put your hands on your ears right now. I want to hear your voice, God. We want to hear your voice that you would see in the spirit, that you would see visions, that you would dream dreams, that you would sense his nudgings and his, his leading, whether subtle, whether strong, that you would just be so seized with passion again, so filled with his passion again. In Jesus' name, I pray for an awakening, for a spiritual awakening in Jesus' name, that our hearts would awaken. I just thank you, Lord. I feel like there's been some assignments that maybe you, you've put down because it's been inconvenient or maybe because you didn't understand how it would work out or you know, fear of finances or fear of this or that. But I know the Holy Spirit's highlighting some stuff to you guys right now. Whatever, that, whatever he told you to do, whatever he asked you to do, whatever that assignment was, just pick it up. Just say, yes, Jesus. This is such a beautiful word we need to incorporate in our, in our dialogue with the Lord. Yes, Jesus. It's a three-letter word that carries so much power, that carries so much weight, that carries so much authority in the Spirit. Yes, Jesus. 
I say yes to the assignments that you've given me. I say yes to letting go of that relationship or letting go of this time that I've been wasting or spending frivolously. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Come with your fire. Come with your peace, with your joy, with your life. Breathe on the dead places. Breathe on the dead places, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. If there's anybody who wants specific prayer, personal prayer, you can come up now. All the others can just keep on receiving. Keep on receiving. I'm telling you, there's something about just stepping out in faith. Sometimes it just takes one person to come, and then other people are emboldened to come. There's something beautiful about standing and agreeing and honoring the anointing that's in the room that releases a breakthrough for your life, for your heart, for your family. Thank you, one person is bold enough to come. I just thank you, Jesus, that you are just sealing this word today, that the devil would not be able to steal the, the words of truth that have been sown into each individual life right now here in this place. I thank you, Father, that that seed will grow, that you will water it in Jesus' name, that each individual in this place will be trained, will be equipped, will, will commit themselves to you in greater ways. I pray for a holy hunger, a holy hunger. It's a gift from God that it would just, we just receive that gift, God. Fill us with more hunger for your name, more hunger for your presence, more hunger to be used by you, God, in great and mighty ways. In Jesus' name. And you could lead us in some worship, and you guys could keep receiving or whatever your pastor would like to do, but we'd just like to pray for the people who came up here, and feel free to come up if you haven't yet.